I gotta brush my shoulders off. I'm powered up. Oh, I'm ready to put on for the hood, baby. Woo! Look, I'm gonna be talking about guns, discrimination, and politics in this episode of Attention Deficit Hood Analysis. What's going on, Hood Nation? This is the most disturbed podcast on the planet. Attention Deficit Hood Analysis. I'm DJ Hood Shocker, the world rocker, the man with an intellectual master plan. And right now, I'm getting ready to deliver an excellent episode of Attention Deficit Hood Analysis. But I'm going to be jumping around like the House of Pain. You feel me? (laughs) Prepare for the jump, baby. Listen. I do not specifically know why the political world has a bad relationship with firearms, but it's really causing major problems with gun prices and ammo prices. And since it's directly affecting me, it's beginning to be a real problem. On a side note, don't it seem like people only talk about things that um, give them problems. <laughs> I'm one of those people. <laughs> You're giving me a problem, so I got to talk about it. Y'all fail, man. <laughs> but listen, I got a theory, though. You know what I'm saying? Listen to me, family. Listen to me, Hood Nation. I got a theory, though. You know what I'm saying? I think that normal white people are beginning to think like black people. Oh my God, stop the press, stop the news. You heard, you heard me right. I think that normal white people are beginning to think like black people. Don't tell nobody else I said that, but listen, what I mean is (laughs) that even white people now are beginning to lose faith in cops or law enforcement and in the government. Let me take this time right here and welcome you to the black world, white people. Welcome, welcome. Look, you can take a seat. You know what I'm saying? We got some sodas and some uh, grape Kool-Aid right there. Uh, Stereotype. But okay, on another note, I'm really having to pay more attention to gun control. And I advise you to do the same. You know, when Biden passed that crime bill, um, he was targeting people who look just like me, who talk like me, who walk like me. I'm just saying, don't be mad if you voted for him. I'm just letting you know that he targeted people who look just like me and walk like me with that crime bill. And he was like, they're monsters. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) That's all I'm saying. As I'm doing research, I can really say that it seems like some of these politicians are really dismissive of self-defense rights. And it seems as if they are like hell-bent on disarming civilians. You know, it's really killing me right now. These politicians, they are continuing to present evidence that push gun control policies. In my mind, I'm going to start comparing them to uh, people like Derek Chauvin. If you don't know who that is, that don't really surprise me. But Derek Chauvin is the Minneapolis cop that killed George Floyd. Now, what's crazy is that this dude kept his knee on George Floyd's neck while he was dying on the ground. This crazy dude named Derek Chauvin, he had his knee on George Floyd's neck, but he had his hands, he had his own hands in his pocket while his knee was on George Floyd's neck. You know what I'm saying? And what they don't show you on camera is that it was two other police officers on George Floyd back and on his legs. So he couldn't even move on any type of level. 
You know, it's just really ridiculous. But these politicians think that cops like him should be armed while the communities that they terrorize should be helpless. What I don't understand is how you think that when the police fail at their supposedly core task of protecting the public, then the people should be deprived of the means for defending themselves. Look, I told my family a long time ago that I have lost faith in law enforcement and I support doing whatever is necessary to shield my life and the life of my family. Now, what's crazy about today is that it seems like the whole nation is facing complications. You know, you got rioters, you got um, demonstrations, you got people trying to overthrow the government. I think I know why. <laughs> I think this pandemic is driving people crazy. I'm talking about like super, they just going super crazy. And look, if you're anything like me, but you, you probably not like me, but well, I'm kind of skeptical of you um, like me. And another thing I'm skeptical about is the competency and the decency of law enforcement officials. You know, I think that all this social unrest has driven millions of Americans to purchase firearms. These politicians, they live in like another universe <laughs> you know it's like they living in a parallel universe because it's like they are oblivious to the realities that we face i think they support policies that are completely outdated and they're, they're like a lot of americans they don't want to address the real problems or yeah the real problems that's within this nation you know <laughs> you know as, as i was doing some um some research on this topic, I noticed that the FBI record of background checks had hit over like four or five million, you know, so like in a couple of months. And then, but the year before that, it was like three million. And the year before that, it was two million. This means that gun owners are growing more and more because people are out here and they terrified, man. You know, the National Shooting Sports Foundation, they said that gun sales are up by 40%. So somebody's getting rich in this uh, pandemic. You know, I look at the exact numbers and when I tell you, man, it's so much, it's ridiculous. It's more than 3 million new gun owners in a small amount of time. If you think about it, you can see the writings on the wall though. Think about this. When the pandemic first hit, you can see how the political world was using divisive tactics, right? You, they was using all these division policies and division politics and they were building up fear in the country, right? I just be wondering in my mind, how did they not think that this was going to eventually lead to violence? <laughs> Now, what I did notice is that I kept seeing on, on social media and different memes that they were predicting that, you know, white people were going to riot. It was like, hey, this is not your fight, black people. You need to just stay home. You know, they're going to do what they're going to do. And then what happened? <laughs> they were super rioting, an angry mob. They stormed the Capitol building in Washington, D.C., within the United States now. You know, that's the nation's capital. And these mob rioters or domestic terrorists, they didn't even get half of what I have seen. I've seen people get murdered, killed, beat, maimed, way less than all the crazy things that they did. But like I said, though, I read these crazy predictions before um, the pandemic struck the United States, right? But man, when the virus hit the country, man, people were panic buying. You ever seen on like Walking Dead and you know how, how they deal with like zombie type stuff? That's how it was happening.
you know, store shelves were getting stripped. You know, people started panic buying. Look, man, people were even dying over toilet paper. That's right. Just buying toilet paper. Man, my stomach is growling. Man, I need to go get me some food. Man, yeah, man. I done yawn. I'm, man, okay, but anyway, let me get back to this. Yeah, people were dying over toilet paper, man. Guess what the um, public officials did? <laughs> they imposed martial law. They issued lockdown orders. And all that craziness, all this craziness eventually built up to a crippling of the economy. And I think that many Americans have lost faith in the government's ability to make intelligent judgment. I don't think that they believe the government can really keep the peace. I don't have uh, confidence in the government's ability to make good decisions. I think all of what I just mentioned is why you see a record number of firearm purchases because these people have completely lost faith. They're not believing in the fairness and the decency of law enforcement officers either. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, I was reading a, um, a research article and it was saying that more than 50% of white men say that they own a gun compared to 13% of white women and 24% of non-white men say they own a gun compared to 14% of non-white women. Now, the research um, supports that 40% of first-time gun buyers in the first half of 2020 were female. And they stated that the main purpose of their firearm purchase was personal protection. Now, let me shift gears. Most of us have a consensus that African-Americans are often unfairly targeted by law enforcement and have vocally protested this type of uh, treatment and the research supports that their firearm purchases are increasing. Hmm. I want you to keep that in mind as I'm communicating with you. Okay, so you know the stereotype is that Republicans are pro-guns and Democrats are against guns, right? Those two gangs, you know, they, to me, the Democrats and the Republicans, they're just a, a political gang. And those two gangs, they've been fighting all in this country. You know, one red, one blue. <laughs> but look, if you but if you don't know the stereotype, though, you know, <laughs> now, you know. But um, what's crazy about the constant firearms debate is that it can always be tied to something else. It's all about who has the guns. That's right. Who got the guns, man? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay, so the National Rifle Association, they're constantly saying that the Second Amendment is under attack and, you know, they're against gun restrictions. And if you know the NRA, then you know that they're a gun rights advocacy group and they basically have a mentality of do not infringe on the Second Amendment. You know what I'm saying? That's just like their basic philosophy. But what's crazy about that philosophy is that May 2nd, 1967, the Black Panther Party went to the California state capitol to protest a bill. And people gave them a, hmm, what the world are you all doing here? What, what's going on? Why are you here? So let me break this down so it'll forever be broke. You know what I'm saying? No, no, no. First, let me tell you about who the Black Panther Party is, right? The Black Panther Party was an organization that believed that they could end police brutality in the black community. And what they did is they created strategies by organizing black 
self-defense groups that were dedicated to defending the black community from racist police oppression and police brutality and just police just consistently, you know, just being completely horrible to the black community. And guess what? Their strategies were working consistently, you know. So man shouts out to the Black Panther Party for that. You know, they started doing that successfully because under the um, second amendment of the Constitution of the United States, it gave them the right to bear arms. They also supported that all black people should arm themselves for self-defense. Now, like I said, this strategy was working greatly because they publicly exercised their second amendment right. And this strategy made the police start treating blacks differently in America. Okay. So now that I told you about the Black Panther Party, let me talk about the Mulford Bill. You know, I'm telling you a little bit about this Mulford Bill. All right, this bill was prepared by a Republican in the California legislature named Don Mulford. The bill wanted to prohibit the public carrying of loaded firearms in the state of California. Now, this was a move that was done to clearly target and disband or weaken the Black Panthers. It would criminalize the behavior of carrying firearms in public. So guess who supported the bill? The National Rifle Association. The National Rifle Association, they supported the passage of this 1967 bill in the California legislature. And this bill was to ban the open carry of loaded firearms in public. And I believe that just like I said, and just like society, it's all about who has the guns. So what I want you to do is I want you to go back, you know, say go back, rewind this podcast. It's all about who has the guns. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got to you got to you got to remember that. Put that in your mind. It's about who has the guns. OK, so May 2nd, 1962. I mean, seven. I don't know why I keep saying 1967, 1962. That's just, you know, that's really frustrating me. I'm getting angry at myself. But, hey, I'm doing a live podcast, so, you know, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? So, look, May 2nd, 1967, members of the Black Panther Party, they entered the Capitol in uh, Sacramento, you know, with loaded guns to protest this policy, you know what I'm saying, which was designed to damage their power struggle or the power um, structure that was being built in the black community. Now, they had their guns in the building and they were peacefully protesting at the legislature because they were demanding their right to carry. They was protesting the second amendment. They did not break any law because at that time, you could carry guns in a building. And guess what? White Americans carried guns in the buildings all the time. They were carrying rifles, shotguns, um, handguns, <clears throat> loaded and everything. Now, the protesters held 
a press conference and they reiterated their demands for racial justice. And then immediately after the meeting or after that protest, members of the Black Panther Party got arrested by the Oakland police and they got charged with conspiring to disrupt a legislature session. Oh, uh, can anybody say super trumped up charge? Oh, you disturbed us. You disrupted us. It's like, what in the world? This is just ridiculous. But this is how they do. You know what I'm saying? This is just this is just how they do. I don't know if you can um hear me um drinking some water, but that's what I was just doing. You know, just 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 letting you know, you know what I'm saying? You in here with me, you know what I'm saying? I'm on the podcast, but I'm also doing a video cast of this as well. So, you know, I gotta let you know what I'm doing. I gotta let the camera know what I'm doing, you know, and just explaining all these extra noises, you know what I'm saying? So anyway, you know, they're at the state's capital. Oh, the, the, the governor at the time uh, was a was a dude named Ronald Reagan. Aha. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He publicly supported the Mofords bill, right? He was quoted by saying that there's no reason why on the streets today a citizen should be carrying loaded weapons. He also said, and I quote, that gun possession was a ridiculous way to solve problems that have to be solved among people of goodwill. What? Ronald Reagan signed the Mofer Act into law. And guess what? It's still in effect in 2021. Because like I said, it's all about who has the guns. You know what I'm saying? So the major problem in the situation was that the Black Panther Party advocated racial justice and they were well versed in the Constitution. So they were exercising their constitutional right, which is the Second Amendment. They were exercising that right. This constitutional right threatened the white American political dominance and the white American social dominance at the time. And it affected them in a way that white people could not accept it. Because like I said, it's all about who has the guns. I mean, like I said, the, the NRA, they were okay. They were okay with it, banning it. But why? Because it's about who has the guns. Now, as I was doing this research, I see that the highest overall firearm sales increase is coming from black men and women who show a 60% increase in firearm purchases. And that's just in 2020. Think about this. Now we got this big ammo shortage. I'm not saying they're linked, but I'm also not saying they're not linked. You understand what I'm saying? Because <laughs> like I said, it's all about who has the guns? You know, these politicians are tone deaf when it comes to black people. They tell you, vote for us and we'll pass laws that make it harder for you to protect your family. They don't say that, but that's what they're saying. Even better, this is what they're saying. We'll make laws that will give the cops you're protesting more excuses to hassle you. It's ridiculous, man. You know, the thing that angers me is that it's like they're forgetting or it's like they ignore that when the gun control policies that were made and enforced, they were created at a time where the citizens had trust in the government and had trust in the individuals who enforced those rules. But most of these policies were against minorities because they were not made with minorities in mind. Listen, man, people are not trustful of law enforcement or the political system. 
this mistrust is growing and growing, especially with all the events concerning race nowadays and how some people are treated this way and then another group of people are treated that way. Because like I keep saying, it's all about who has the guns, man. I'm gonna end out like this. I am a supporter of self-reliance and community efforts. No one is gonna do anything for you and no one is gonna save you. So what you gotta do is that you gotta save yourself. Don't ask me to put my life in the hands of people that I don't trust. And these politicians, I do not trust. You understand what I'm saying? These politicians, they need to wake up and they need to catch up with the times because guess what? Things are changing. Individuals who come from the hood, who come from nothing, they're like phoenixes right now. They rising, they are roses forging and forming and growing through the concrete. You gave them the worst of the worst and they, they taking the worst of the worst that you've given and they're transforming that into the best of the best. They are using the system to be advantageous for and to create a desired outcome for them. I'm just saying. <laughs> Look, this has been another episode of Attention Deficit Hood Analysis. I need you to do me a favor. I need you to support me on all platforms. I especially need you to support on Patreon, patreon.com. I think it's forward slash DJ Hood Shocker. Look, I'm trying to build something that I call Shockwave Podcast Studios. My vision is to have a studio where there are multiple podcast stations where voiceover talents and people who got talents and people who got personalities can come and showcase their talent for free. So help me make that dream a reality. Support me on all social media platforms. Um, like me on Instagram, um, on Facebook. I need you to like my page on YouTube. I need you to subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'm saying I'm trying to build up a good following. People who come from the hood, people who don't come from the hood, and you just want to know what it'd be like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is how it is, baby. Listen, I'm your man, DJ Hood Shocker. Until the next episode, I got to remind you to stay focused, stay safe, and support the hood. Boom!